0: Greetings, and welcome to Beatles Stuffology, where two old friends sit about and talk BS Beatles, stuff on a track-by-track basis, pretty much for the sake of it. My name is J.G. Macquarie, and I'm here with my co-host,
1: Andrew Deacon. Say hi, Andrew. Hello. How are you doing this week? I'm doing fine. Did I detect a slight change in the uh, in the wording of that intro?
0: Um, No, I just think I said it better
1: than last week, that's <laughs> all. <laughs> I just don't remember hearing the, um, the, the, the the jump from BS to the Beatles stuffology before, so I just wondered if that was a, that was a new thing. No, it's always difficult doing introductions to podcasts
0: because you end up basically saying exactly the same thing hundreds and hundreds of times in a row. I mean, we're only on uh, episode uh, five, but still, you know what I mean. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's very hard to do it without sounding unbelievably corny. So, um, yeah, I try and get it out of the way as quickly as possible.
1: Now, you see, there's a potential link there, isn't there, to uh, um, to today's song, because you are not being tied by chains, metaphorical or literal. Oh, yes, it was clunky, but I went there. Sorry about that. That's quite all right. But it does at least get us into the
0: the vague direction of the song we're supposed to be discussing. And if you feel that we're very much marking time at this point in the podcast, and we are all of one and a half minutes into it, you would be correct. But this week, we are going to be covering chains. Uh, So what do you think of chains?
1: It's a bit dull. Um, <laughs> OK, that, that really was George. Perfunctory, serves a purpose, gives George a song. Um, we get some nice backing vocals and we are out of here. I mean, that, those are the headlines, really, aren't they? Um, you know, I, I think the song is more interesting than the performance. Um, you know, principally the whole Carol King thing. Um who is just an incredible figure in, in the history of pop music. Um and I suppose it's it's a really interesting point that the Beatles chose one of her songs. I should give you know, Mr. Goffin a, a bit of a, a reference as well. He was involved too. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's important that they chose one of her songs, one of their songs, um, to cover. So, you know, there's there's that element to it, but that is much more interesting than the song itself. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair comment. It's a really, it really is lacklustre. And um, for all the songs
0: that we've covered so far, I don't think we've really bounced up against one that I would use lacklustre to describe. I mean, you know, even even God Help us, Misery has a little bit more life to it than, than this does. It's a weirdly kind of flat performance, almost... Is bored too strong? I don't know. It's it's not. It, it particularly um, like McCartney's bass line is really kind of clunky and lazy. It's mostly just dum 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 dum, dum and that's kind of your lot. It, it's it's unusual to have. Um, I mean, it's not a complicated songwriting, but it's unusual to have like McCartney bass line like that, which just doesn't have any kind of any spark. But he's not. He's not putting in the effort, and now whether that's the song or whether it's just because it's a George song and nobody's overexerting themselves terribly, I don't know,
1: but it's, it is odd. It's really peculiar. Um, I challenge you not to um, imitate that bass line again uh, without jumping straight into Postman Pat. I feel that challenge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Safely covered. Yeah. I mean, all right. I'll, let me give you um, um, an indication um, of, of, of something that really backs that up. Um, so, you know, been looking at, um, because it's a cover, you know, can't look at at who covered it. So looked instead at at the number of times that the Beatles played it live. And and it's quite interesting because they only played it live between the middle of January and the end of October, 1963. After that, apparently it doesn't appear on set lists. They played it 27 times. That's all. And considering they were touring a lot in that time, that's quite interesting. Um, And of those 27 times, and this for me absolutely typifies um, their view of the song, let alone everybody else's, it was played in six consecutive performances at the Winter Garden's Margate, and then after that, six consecutive performances at the Odeon Southport. So 12 out of 27 performances um, at longish runs um, at Southport and Margate. Now, never been to Southport, think I've been to Margate. You know, I know Turner loved it for, for its light and, you know, it's uh, very much in vogue with, with certain artists, but it's a bit dull. And, and that matches the song perfectly. But it's also
0: very much, it's, it, this is, the, my, here we go with my delightful Spotify statistics, it's the, it's the least played song on Please Please Me. Um, not by much. Um, it, it's sort of, it's a close run thing between this and, and There's a Place. Uh, but as of time of recording, uh, unless somebody wants to jump in and really jack up those numbers, it is by far the least listened to song on on Please Please Me, and I think it kind of deserves that. It just doesn't really have any kind of oomph to it, and especially like the 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 original version, which does have a little bit of get up and go to it. It's not; I don't think it's a great lost classic or anything. I think it's a perfectly good, serviceable song. It's it's, it's Functional is probably too strong, but it's it's a good piece of music. Um, but it's not especially distinctive, necessarily. It's, it's sort of fairly similar to a lot of songs which are like that, which I realise is an obvious thing to say, but you, you, know, you, you know what I mean. Um, but, you know, it's got a little bit of saxophone on it. There's some great harmonies in the original. It's got a little bit of... And it's slower. It's a weird thing where um, the Beatles version is slightly quicker. And somehow, by being slightly quicker... It, it takes away from the song rather than adding to it normally if you speed something up that little extra tempo will give it a little bit of an extra boost but in this case it has the exact opposite it feels slightly um slightly more trivial because it's being run through faster whereas the original is a bit slower it's got a bit more i'm trying to avoid the word swagger here um, but it's got a bit more you know a bit more of a shimmy to it a bit more of a of a kind of looseness, whereas the the, the the slight increase in tempo kind of smooths all that out and renders it sort of very, yeah, sort of
1: generic and flat. So is the suggestion there that they were just quite keen to get it over and done with? Yeah, I think that's pretty much what it's come to do. Although according to the standard repository of all knowledge of wisdom, uh,
0: that would be uh, Wikipedia, apparently this was quite popular with a number of bands. The song was quite popular with a number of bands in in Liverpool. And... Like, like I said, it's it's a solid song, but I don't yeah. know that there's any particular reason for that, other than it's a very simple song. I mean, I, almost anybody who can pick up a guitar could play this song. It's it's like four or five chords, are all really straightforward and simple. It, it's a very easy song to play, so it might just be something like that. But it it, it I am even although I do quite like the original version, I'm struggling to find much in it that would um, have that kind of. Uh, reason for it to be played by so many other bands
1: well maybe it's the the lyrical content maybe it's the yeah. uh, the metaphor of the chains you know not exactly a sort of a jacob marley kind of chains thing going on but the fact that you do actually have this um allusion to some sort of um um Something that's holding someone's back from, from going after the person that they love. Oh, that sounds like a bit of a theme on this album, doesn't it? That sort of tortured love, uh, not being able to get what they want. Um, and here we get it from, from a different point of view, that sense of, well, I, as I see it, you know, it's like, oh, look, I, you're really nice. I really want to kiss you. However, these chains, them's holding me back. Um, And that's that's sort of an interesting idea when you compare it to the very straightforward simplicity of I saw her standing there. I go over there, I dance with her and my heart goes boom. You know, that's about the closest that they've got to a metaphor so far in in any of these. I mean, think even P.S. I Love You. It's a song about uh, I'm writing a letter. I'm telling you that I love you. And I. also put in the PS that I love you you know here it's something different and maybe that appealed
0: yeah I can see that I mean certainly it does have a a degree of um lyrical variation shall we shall we say and it's certainly not a straightforward um sort of approach and I mean it's bracketed by Anna go to him and oh dear boys so, you know, next to both of those songs as well. I mean, we've talked about this before, how how one of the things that's most obvious about the album Please Please Me is that um, it does have all these kind of different stylistic approaches. Um, and this song, again, falls into that kind of category. There is a sense of which, you know, there isn't really another song on Please Please Me, which is like chains. So it's another kind of audience that they're able to appeal to with that kind of number, whether that's entirely successful or not i'm I'm gonna go ahead and say maybe not um I mean it gives George Harrison something to do with vocals that's 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 nice I like george's voice um this is not the best use of it, but it's um but it is yeah, it is another audience who you know into that slightly slightly soul kind of thing um and yeah, the lyrics have got a bit of
1: uh yeah a bit of something to them i so I'll go with that. I do wonder if um yeah we're of course approaching it from a different point of view. Now, I don't know if you remember, you probably can't remember, um, you know, knowing the first time you listened to The Beatles and I wonder what song it would have been. I mean, I, I can't. As much as I've tried, I can't. I know in, in primary school, um, in the third year of primary school, so what would be year five in England now, um, singing for some reason in, you know, in the classroom, Obly dee, obly da. It was bizarre, but I can remember doing that. And, you know, I can't rack my brain back further than that and sort of think, well, maybe, I suppose, um, when I'm 64 is the theme tune to Points of View on BBC TV. Um, I think, well, OK, well, what was the first Beatles song I've heard? But the chances are that, that we've, we've sort of come at it from the, you know, the the I feel fine and the strawberry feels forever and, and, and that sort of end, uh, maybe even Let It Be or Hey Jude. And then, if you're anything like me, you might have heard some of those songs, and then bought a couple of the albums, and then gone back to the start, and then worked your way forward. So, if you've heard some of what dare I say are the classics, and then you go back to listen to it um, in the order that, that perhaps people would have listened to it at the time, obviously uh, chronological and all that, um, then you might think, oh, "Wow, yeah. what's this?" That's that's the hard thing, isn't it? You know, you're sort of remembering that you're listening to. Uh, a group who are still in the process of transforming from their live act into a recording group. In fact, the whole industry, wasn't it? It was transforming from being a live performance thing to being something that's stuck on record as, um, um, as as a memory that's going to be captured by loads of people. So, you know, it's, it's dull, but it's kind of understandable. If someone was to put this on, on an album now and to put it out, I think you'd be a lot less forgiving.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, I know, I I also have no idea what the first Beatles song I ever listened to was, and I don't suppose I ever will. Um, But I I do know for a fact that Please Please Me was the last Beatles album I ever bought. That was the one that completed my set on cassette back in the day. Um, And it was was kind of that thing. It's like, well, okay, there's two or three singles that I know on it. Yeah. Nothing else kind of really leapt out, either in terms of kind of Beatles songs that I'd heard other artists cover or, or you know, kind of the songs that they were covering. Um, I was like, oh, I right, might be interested to listen to their version of dot dot dot. And, and yeah, it didn't inspire a huge amount of effort to try and acquire it. So honestly, getting picking up this album was, was probably an act of completion more than an act of sort of musical curiosity, let's put it that way.
1: Um, and was definitely definitely the other way around and, and i I think you know I went back and I bought those those capital tapes that you'd get with the um you know on the cassettes with um, yeah half the cover would be that that sort of mustard yellow and then in the top half you'd have the the picture from the album um, you know and i I think I distinctly went back to the start and then started working uh, working my way forward, which was an interesting experience and during the first lockdown we kind of did the same here with the Marvel movies um you know just in a case of right well let's let's go forward again um you know interesting experience and and it meant that there was that sense of anticipation in in terms of seeing how the group evolves and by the time I got to um Rubber Soul for example you then start to go ah right okay I, I I see how we've got from this to this. So I don't know what caused me to be quite so, I wouldn't say, com- not completist, but um, chronological. But I, I think it, it certainly helped my understanding and appreciation of, of the development. So, you know, as much as I want to say, hey, let's stop talking about chains now, I think, you know, there is that sense of it is a link. I don't want to say link, I've said link twice now. Um, you know, it is that, that step on the way. Um, I'm avoiding link because, of course, there's a chain association and I really don't want to go there because that's just so um, I was going to say clunky. But then there could be an association with chains there. I should just stop talking and let you have a go now.
0: Okay, let's go with that. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, no, I I, I know what you I know what you mean. And that kind of that kind of uh, methodical approach that you take, um, I think probably does does pay real, real dividends. And, and, And songs like Chains are kind of going to fall away pretty quickly. You know, it's not going to take long for this kind of stuff to be uh, removed from our back catalog. There's going to be a few others that crop up. Most, uh, most obviously, uh, when we have to start talking about Smokey Robinson. But you know, for the for the most part, this yeah. kind of stuff is going to fall out of favor very, very quickly indeed. And I don't, I don't think it's a great loss if I'm honest about it. Um, I, I, this is a perfectly cromulent version of a perfectly cromulent song but it's 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 um it's not something that i think the beatles do a lot of justice to at least as far as this song is concerned i think the the performance that they give isn't really up to the standard of the song when you said earlier on that you thought the song was more interesting than the performance that's basically just what i'm saying now as well uh, but it is one where i feel like if they had really Put something into it. Uh, I'm not going to say it would be as good as uh, you know, you really got hold of me or something like that because I do really think the Beatles version of that is 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 fantastic. But I think they could have given it a little bit more spark than than we get here. Um, and so yeah, that 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 slight half-assed sense about it, that slight ugh, ugh, just get it done. It's another album, you know, slot filled um, does just kind of pervade it, and because of that. I find it difficult to have that much uh, regret that this kind of song was going to sort of fall out of their their sort of more regular uh, slots, yeah.
1: So bearing in mind that um, the album was released March, um, March 63, but was recorded obviously sometime before, um, I mean, how much, I I, I don't know the dates, so I guess I should, but was it um, January, February, they were recording it? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think there may have been some of February and there may have been some recording the, the previous year. Um, bearing in mind, they only stuck it in their repertoire on January 16th as a, a, a live recording. It was not something that they had played a huge amount. So You can, you can tell. Yeah. Um, so, you know, apparently they only played it four times in the studio and they used the first take. So wow. even then, they hadn't played it a huge amount. Um you know, so it got what they thought it deserved and and that's that's about it, but you know it's the the filler that gets us from you know point a on the way to to point b, even though there's a little bit more filler to come
0: yeah, we've definitely still got a little bit of uh filler to come. I will say one thing about this recording is is that I think I think Ringo is making a bit of an effort he he does quite a good sort of I mean, it's not really particularly different from the original, uh, but he does a pretty good job of kind of capturing that slight, um, slightly more relaxed vibe. I think I think he's of all four of them. I think he's kind of the one who's putting in a little bit more effort, um, and that I, you know he he maybe has more to prove than everybody else, given you know, the whole Andy White situation. But he's definitely making uh, a good fist of, of what's going on in, in a way that just nobody else is. Um, and so at least it's nice that 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 one of them made the
1: effort, I suppose. Yeah, new boy syndrome, isn't it? Still yeah. needs to press and, and after all, um, you know, it was the, I suppose, the, the third person drumming on Beatles tracks in the space of a few months. Um, you know, who knows where that, that could have ended up. You know, for all we know, The Beatles could have got through umpteen drummers in in the next couple of years, Um, as as I'm sure a lot of other bands have done in history. They've just sort of gone through ever-changing lineups. I mean, it's one quite impressive thing that that the Beatles, apart from getting rid of Pete Best um, and then adding Billy Preston right at the end in between, Well, that's it. I mean, even in terms of of guest musicians, they are few and far between, you know, um, an occasional Eric Clapton guitar solo um, and some classical players, for example, you know, there's, there's not a huge amount uh, else in there. They relied on, on what they had and, um, you know, he's still bedding in still the new boy. Um, So yeah, go for it. As we'll, we'll no doubt talk about when we get on to, uh, um you know his magnus opus on the album um in the next episode oh, there is a teaser for you all
0: yes very much something to look forward to although more perhaps from, for our listeners than for us having to listen to the actual song anyway um <laughs> back to chains um yeah um i feel like i should say something about the, the harmonica but i don't really know what to say about it other than there's a harmonica um i mean there's you know there's the sax line in the original which isn't present here um, and instead, we have that slightly bluesy harmonica at the start, which is Lennon, um, and that does provide a little bit of color in the song, I suppose. It does. Sh- uh, it, to be honest, it's not often I say this, but it could have done with a little bit more harmonica, just to yeah. just to just to give a little bit more yeah texture, a little bit more variation. Again, of course, this is a very short song, as they all are. And there's there's not a lot of ground to cover in terms of the actual running time. But yeah, a little bit more of that I think uh, think maybe wouldn't have hurt, but then that might would also have required a little bit of effort and as I think we've established.
1: That's that's not really the modus operandi of this song. And and I think it's quite indicative that by the time I got to the end of the song, I'd completely forgotten that there was some harmonica at the start. Despite the fact it's only about two minutes twenty seconds long. Um, you know, it it comes, it goes, and there's Better meatier things to uh, to talk about on this album.
0: Yeah, even the fade sounds kind of perfunctory. It just just like oh, we've had enough of this. Done. It's out. We're, we're finished. It's, <laughs> when even the fade can't be arsed to be to, to be done properly. You know, it doesn't. I mean, maybe they maybe they arsed at the end of the song or something, and they had to get out quickly rather than rather than re-record it. Although presumably, if they did four takes, you would have thought maybe that could have been corrected. I don't know. Anyway, it just it just sounds like oh god, even the. Even the magnetic tape can't be bothered with this anymore. Just stop.
1: Well, then, you know, a risk of of, going over old ground, if you go back to I Saw Her Standing There, which has the one, two, one, two, three, four, and and it also has a live finish, you think, okay, right, so there you can see how they're, they're replicating the energy of their live act. Here, a song that had barely been in the live act. Perhaps they didn't really know how to finish it. Um, you know, that's not based on anything, really. That's just a, like a, a gut feeling that there, there wasn't a decent, clean way to get this song finished.
0: Yeah, I mean, they must have had. To, I mean, they didn't fit it down on stage. They must have had some way of bringing it to a, a standstill when they were playing it live. But, but yeah, whether that whether that way was convincing or not, or, or, or sounded decent for an album recording, is another question. And and the the newness of the song or the the infrequency with which it had been played. Yeah, I, I I know myself, it takes time to work these things, out right? and, and, and it's not uh, something that seems to have been in place, and I, I wonder if that's true of the other bands that were covering this song as well, or playing it live, I should say, back in 1963, mm. um, whether they had the same ability to get in and get out i'm not going to do any research on this whatsoever to find out what the answer to that question is Uh, especially now if it means having to go and listen to the nearly infinite number of mercy beat bands that could conceivably have recorded this at some point it's okay i'm just going to make wild assumptions and 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 uh, guess that i'm probably correct in that
1: can i just jump in and say at this point that bearing in mind we're struggling to talk about how they were struggling to end it that sort of seems like it's an appropriate point maybe to uh, to cut our losses and say you know 20 minutes and a, and a bit of change is is probably about as much as this song deserves i think it's probably a bit more than this song
0: deserves but yes i think we can probably probably cut our losses there and draw a veil over chains so let's leave it there then um we can move on and get our usual credits out of the way so you can contact us by email at beetlestuffology at gmail.com we're on twitter at Beatles underscore ology. And you can find more of my writing at www.jgmacquarie.scot. Please like, rate, review us on whatever podcast you're using so that other people can find the show. Next week, we will be completing the vocal quartet as we hit Ringo's first vocal and we discover it hits back as we cover boys. Good luck, everyone. But until then, keep listening.